this whole edition of the Global Revolution. As always, we have the coolest guys around bringing to you all the wrestling you might be falling under your radar. This week, taking uh, probably our probably our last look at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, well, well, maybe not last, but uh, our last concentrated look, perhaps. We're going to be looking at two shows coming out of that weekend, both Chikara, Once Upon a Beginning, one of our favorite promotions to cover, as well as Joey Janela's Spring Break 3, Part 1. Um, the, uh, the part that we were definitely most interested in. So we're going to cover both of those, bring them all to you in case you haven't seen them yet. Maybe we'll persuade you to check them out. Um, and, uh, I do of course say we are going to bring this to you cause I could not, would not, should not do this by myself. I'm joined by a lovely, wonderful man. He's my friend and he should be yours. He's called Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello everybody out there in podcast and internet land. Jeff here. Miz fan there, I am rocking my Chikara logo shirt because this week we're talking about Chikara's Once Upon a Beginning, a very fun show from their WrestleMania weekend, as well as, as Miz fan said, Joey Janela's Spring Break 3 Part 1. And I just want to really quickly say, um, A, I didn't quite manage to get finished in time with the show for whatever reason, uh, as I was trying to watch what I'm assuming is either the main event or the semi-main event, my internet decided it did not want me to watch the rest of it and refused to load the rest of the show no matter what I did. It was very upsetting. I don't know if there was a Fight TV thing or if it's my internet thing, but very, very upset, very unhappy. However, it is made up for in terms of greatness because genuinely, I think there were about three matches between these two shows that I would genuinely consider to be three of my like favorite matches of the whole WrestleMania weekend that I managed to see, and maybe three potential match of the year candidates for uh, for uh, either actually being tremendous matches, for being just great spectacles and events that happened. Man, these were some some good shows, and we're gonna get all into the meat and potatoes of this conversation right here on the Global Revolution, because man, there is a lot of fun stuff to talk about between these two shows. Let's do this thing. Let's do it, indeed. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about some Chikara first off. Really, it's been mm-hmm. a little while since we had a chance to see that. Um, so, yeah, Once Upon a Beginning show coming out of WrestleMania weekend. Start off the show, the tag match. We got uh, the literal dirtiest players in the game, Sonny Defarge and Cornelius Crummels, taking on Team CCK, Kid Lycos and Chris Brooks, and what must be one of uh, Kid Lycos' final matches, if not actual final match. Uh, Very sad, I think we mentioned last week, but uh, Kid Lycos having to retire at a very young age just due to uh, accumulated injuries, I believe. But uh, too Mm -hmm. bad. At least he got to uh, go over for WrestleMania weekend before hanging up the boots. Yes, indeed. It had just very similar thoughts as the match went on. Kid Lycos, a very uh, energetic, very fun wrestler, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, Him and Chris Brooks, I don't know. When they're together, like, CCK has just a, a very fun, like, lovable, scoundrel sort of a vibe to them that I don't quite get when uh, Chris Brooks is involved with literally anybody else. It's it's very good pairing. Glad that we got to see them in Chikara taking on the literal dirtiest players in the game, uh, Crumbles and Defarge. And what I thought was a really fun uh, kickoff match here for Chikara. There was some... Uh, very fun, gross antics at the beginning. Chris Brooks going for his uh, traditional sort of wet willy move, only to be countered by a uh, was a sneeze from Cornelius Crummels, who, who then proceeded to 
bite the sneezed and uh, wetted fingers of Chris Brooks to the absolute horror of literally everyone in the arena, mm-hmm. everyone in the building, including Sonny Defarge and Bryce Rimsburg, who had to kind of deal with this. It was a uh, it was gross, but it was also great. I, I, I don't know. I've really come to really appreciate uh, both Crumbles and Defarge. I'm big on Sonny Defarge. I think he's a great wrestler with a lot of potential. But Cornelius Crumbles definitely plays his role super well, gets all involved with a lot of the gross things, and is just really good at it. Um, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, I thought both sides really brought it here, doing a lot of high-energy stuff, a little bit of a spectacle, as mentioned, with some of that grossness. But overall, I really, really enjoyed this match. Both teams looked, I thought, pretty tremendous and really just killed it as the uh, kickoff for Chikara here on uh, once, upon, once, blah, once Upon a Beginning. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, very solid match here. I thought, uh, talked before, CCK, I don't know, some of them doesn't necessarily thrill me, but they were definitely fine here. Uh, I'm definitely a Sonny Defarge guy when it comes to uh, the Crumbles and Defarge. Uh, mm-hmm. Very talented guy. Got a lot of upside. Uh, Crumbles, yeah, you know, he does his thing as well. Um, he never uh, literally, like, sales pitched me outside of the uh, Funplex until I bought some discontinued shirts, though. So that, that was all Sonny Defarge. So much credit to that man. True, true. Plus, he's got, uh, I think, one of the best versions of the rebound lariat in the game going right it's now. Not, Love the way he does that. You say that, people think of the really bad thing that no one does well, and we all have to <laughs> pretend like it's cool. No, it's just like a regular, really good clothesline. True, true. He just runs chest first into the uh, ropes instead of uh, the traditional back run, but it's good. Sonny Defarge is a really killing, good wrestler. Horrible, oh, I like flipped upside down, I flipped around, and no one no has ever done that move well. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Nigel McGinnis. I, I know you're one of like the first dudes who did it. That move has never looked good. I'm not sorry. Nigel, Just not ever. Ambrose, nobody. I've never seen that look any good, so please don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next match on the card is one that I was particularly interested in because I like uh, matches of this particular type. It is Missile Assault Man versus Boomer Hatfield. And if you couldn't guess from that, I like matches, which may also be murders. Um, <laughs> this pretty much was a murder, but it was a really cool one, both because Missile Assault Man is awesome at murder and just murdering little Boomer Hadfield all around, but also because they did a really good hope sequence where it seemed like Boomer might actually get the win, and it was very believable and cool. Uh, he doesn't. He gets murdered, and Missile Assault Man gets his third point. So literally everything that happened there was very good. Uh, Boomer Hatfield hit a it, it with a missile assault man in the ropes, hit a, a yeah, head scissors uh, into the DDT spot, which was cool. Never seen that before, at least done in that variant. And then, you know, just as it looked like Boomer Hatfield might be getting on the right track, um, he proceeded to get himself caught and absolutely just demolished with probably the nastiest version of the missile launcher I have ever seen. Just, just. Poor Boomer Hatfield eating European uppercuts and Northern Light suplexes throughout this entire match. And just as it looks like he might have turned the corner and been able to pick up some momentum for victory, just literally got quite literally launched into the turnbuckle and lost the match. Mm-hmm. So uh, good uh, good fun showcase for both of these dudes. Missile Soul Man is great. Boomer Hatfield is great. Um, unfortunately, Boomer, um, no matter how many fastball specials you throw, uh, that's... Uh, 
this little salt man's gonna hit it out of the park every time. And unfortunately, this time it was your head he he hit out. So mm-hmm. better luck next time. Missile salt man gets his third point, getting ready to take on uh, dear old dad Dasher Hatfield for that uh, Chikara Grand Championship, which I do believe happened on. Uh, their show this past weekend. No idea how that turned out, but uh, we'll have to check it out and see. Yep, yep. Hopefully it doesn't take a real long time to go up on Shikara Tobiak. So I'd very much like to check out that match, a uh, title match as well. Huge fan of Missile Assault Man. Super glad that he is back in the game. Hope that he stays there and gets all the success that he deserves. Mm-hmm. All right. We uh, move on to our next match on the card, which is an eight-man um, four on four, Atomico's match is called. It is a Golden Dreams match, which means every uh, participant has held the Chikara Young Lions Cup champion at one time or another. The contestants are on one side, Hollow Wicked, Eric Cannon, Cam Zagami, and Hermit Crab. On the other side, Jigsaw, Estonian Thunderfrog, Razorhawk, and Chuck Taylor, I'm sorry, Stokely Hathaway, actually, which I thought was a Wonderful tribute to the uh, yes. delightfully weird gimmick where Stokely Hathaway bought Chuck Taylor's ring name uh, a year or two back. Um, so, yeah, uh, think about how many fun people are involved in that. And then imagine this match, and you probably imagine it accurately because it's a super fun match. Yes, indeed. Thunderfrog manages to do the the big diving uh, hammer spot that shakes the ground and sends everybody flying uh, Chuck Hathaway is is there and he's doing his thing, which is great. Uh, big ups to uh, Eric Cannon and Jigsaw, who I feel mm. like I don't see enough of nowadays, Jigsaw in particular. But uh, both guys, I thought, performing really well here as well. Razorhawk and Hermit Crab. Hermit Crab, even a guy who I haven't always loved, I thought definitely uh, kept his place in this match. Cam Zagami is here getting beat up and looking cowardly and doing a great job as well. Really, just just all eight competitors coming out, having a good time. Everybody looked like they were having fun. Um, in the end, I do believe uh, Razorhawk picks up the victory over Cam Zagami, securing the victory for his uh, Golden Dreams team. A really just fun match, a big highlight on the show, getting to see you know the past, present, and future of Chikara all intermingling. Everybody looked great. This was a very fun time. Super fun. Knew it was going to be when I saw the lineup. Hope we get to see a lot of these people coming back a little more frequently because uh, some God, people, please. yeah, yeah, we don't see nearly enough anymore. So hope there's a way to make that happen. Especially uh, if, if Jigsaw is going to continue to wrestle, that would be nice. Uh, I know Thunderfrog is out in Minnesota, so I don't know how often he's able to get out to uh, uh, Philadelphia and Chikara, but if he can do that more often, that'd be great. And please, Stokely Hathaway, Chuck Taylor, <laughs> uh, what were some of the other names he had? It was Scoot something. I don't remember what it was, but uh, whatever Scoot I did. Scoot, yeah, Scoot Tatum, Bug Nevins, How We Do It, uh, all these good things for sure. Yes, please. Whatever identity you're going to be under, please show up to Chikara more often. We are so in desperate need, I think of some more Chuck Taylor in Chikara. So if everybody <laughs> can show up so every... far as everyone is always in need of more Chuck Taylor. This is, this is very true. Not that Chikara is bad, not that any place is bad, but if you can afford to book Chuck Taylor, you're going to be uh, better than you were basically. So please mm-hmm. everybody, if you can try to make at least a few more appearances, I personally, me and Ms. Fan would personally appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, our next match is a rematch of the Ray de Valadores. Finals from this past uh, King of Trios weekend. It is Airwolf 
taking on a kid and a cool mix of people. I was very impressed with this match. I thought it was actually noticeably better than the uh, Raid of Odor's final was. Uh, you get some really cool stuff in here. Some technical wrestling, some high flying, of course. Uh, a lot of just really impressive stuff in this. Uh, A-Kid picks up the win, the top rope Spanish fly, which I believe is the opposite result of the actual tournament final. So maybe, just maybe, they'll have to have a rubber match in here somewhere. Uh, we will have to wait and see. Yes, indeed. This was another good one. I really like A-Kid. Airwolf is cool, mm-hmm. too. He's, he's, he's a very tremendous high-flying talent, but... I don't know. I saw we've seen A-Kid on this show. We'll see him on Joey Janela's Spring Break 3. I think we saw him earlier on a different show. Um, he definitely was at a ambition for WXW a few months back. A-Kid is really good. Like, I, I think him and Carlos Romo, who we'll be uh, talking about a little bit later, I really kind of want to see them break out. Like, mm. I was really impressed by them during that King of Trios weekend when we saw them. Um, I've been basically impressed every time I've seen them this year. Um, especially A Kid, and I really, really hope that they get a chance to become uh, bigger names, maybe in this this year, maybe next year, at some point. Because A Kid in particular just really wows me. He's just, I don't know, he's super athletic. He's got a lot of fun moves in his arsenal. He's got just kind of a just kind of quiet but solid demeanor about him. Really want to see him break out. This was a good match for him and Airwolf. Both guys doing a lot of cool stuff. One thing I even appreciated about this match was Airwolf attempted. Uh, late into the match to do some sort of like bottom rope dive into the ring and unfortunately kind of messed it up. But instead of it coming off like an actual huge botch, like, oh, no, the match is now ruined. It is really bad. It just kind of played into the rest of the story of the match. Like they they just kind of went with it. It just happened. And they just continued and told the story around that towards the end, Mm. which, you know, I always appreciate when you can kind of turn a moment like that into just another sort of aspect of the story instead of, as can sometimes happen, either lingering on it way too long and being like, look at this botch, look at this thing that happened, or kind of ignoring it entirely to try the move again. Neither of those things are good. This one was really good match from both these dudes. Definitely want to see more of them in Chikara. A-Kid, in particular, really hoping he breaks out this year. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's kind of already doing it uh, as a... uh Dave Meltzer recognized five-star match with Zack Sabre Jr., which uh, actually was... Ooh, I did phenomenal. not know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta check it out. I believe it's on YouTube, so uh, check that out. It's uh, definitely how he kind of started breaking out. I think it's really only a matter of time before he uh, breaks out even further, so definitely Absolutely. check that out if you haven't done already. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next segment is not a match, but it's uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, Juan Francisco... De Coronado comes to the ring shockingly fast, like not taking a long time at all. Also sporting more beard than he was before. I noticed that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's here to address us. He tells us his name is not Juan Francisco De Coronado. He tells us he's fallen on hard times. The crowd tells him he deserves it. And frankly, he does for all the terrible things that he's done in his life. Because it's a lot. It's a lot of terrible things. Mm-hmm. He tells us his citizenship was revoked in Ecuador. He got beaten up by the closers. He's lost dignity and self-respect. And now he's done some soul-searching. He wonders if he's not good enough. It's not all worth it. He might be better off if he quit. He says, none of the fans came out to see me. And you, you were right not to come to see me. But maybe I can change. From now on, my name is John Francis of Coronado. 
And I don't know what I think about this. Uh, I'm certainly glad that Juan Francisco is not retiring or leaving Chikara, as uh, too many talented people have done over the last several years. But I don't know. I guess I kind of need to wait and see where this goes, because I could see it being good or bad or a mix. So I guess that doesn't really tell you very much, but that's what happens when you watch wrestling that has stories. It's hard to tell sometimes, you know, what's the mm-hmm. beginning, what's going to come after. But yeah, especially I when you, I, uh, I think especially when you watch a lot of wrestling, sure. is that because you've seen a lot of examples of so, something, uh, sort of these things happening, and it turns out really good, and you're like, oh, this was a cool twist to a story. This was a nice character development, and then other times where it's like, oh, this sucked. This was really bad. Um, I'm hopeful. Um, that if, you know, Juan Francisco de Coronado definitely, or John Francis of Coronado, I should say, but John Francis is going to attempt a face turn, a technico turn, having recognized the sort of error of his ways over the past several months as terrible things have continuously happened to him. Um, I, I think that's, you know, good enough motivation to get a guy to kind of, you know, come to his senses and maybe try to do things more honorably. However, I uh, I remember and still vividly see, um, you know, the Bobby Guns face turn mm. and how um, while he continues to wrestle good matches, how uh, less uh, intriguing and interesting his actual character and personality is because of it. Hopefully <laughs> um, something similar will not happen to uh, the former Juan Francisco de Coronado, because if it does, I think that's going to take a lot of the not only just the edge out of his character, but a lot of what made his character, you know, good. Hopefully he can kind of continue being himself. He can find a nice balance between being, um, you know, a guy, you know, trying to walk the right path of life going forward and still being, you know, recognizably Juan Francisco de Coronado, John Francis of Coronado, whatever you want to call him. So hopefully this is going to turn out well. I, I Right now I, I dig the motivation i dig him kind of coming to his senses but we will definitely have to see how it actually plays out in the ring and as a character but right now i am optimistic about where this is going to go two thoughts one if this is just a straightforward face turn it's a little lame to me honestly because uh yeah i guess you might like change your life if a lot of bad things happen to you but uh, I don't know, like, just as of very recently, I feel like Juan, uh, was not really having any problems, and, you know, if a problem See, has come up... I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a very valid point, because just kind of out of nowhere, it was like, hey, your citizenry has been revoked, and that just kind of got dropped on everybody, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if there was more, uh, storyline build-up towards something like that happening... This might have a little bit more impact because I think on paper, that's a really fine reason to kind of turn your life around. But so far in execution, once again, it was just kind of here you go. Now this guy who you knew as, you know, an Ecuadorian is no longer an Ecuadorian because we said so. So I definitely get that for sure. Okay, cool, cool. Two, uh, if it is a straightforward face turn, weird look, weird look to me that he has to become, like, more American to be a bad guy. Like, I don't know how I feel about him. Or a good guy, rather. Yeah, 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 you're right, sorry. Um, But yeah, like, what, you gotta, like, take a white name to be, like, a good guy? Like, I don't know, that's a weird... That that is another... I didn't even think about that aspect, but yes, a a formerly 
very quote unquote foreign heel having to give up his foreign identity to become a faces not not a great look actually now that you mention it it's that's very uh Shikara, which makes me think there must be more to it um certainly certainly yeah. and that's that's my last point uh this could very easily uh be you know i i don't know kind of maybe Kermit white played straight potentially is <laughs> right the, yeah it's Chikara, so you can easily yeah. get a twist or a turn in here i think like just off the top of my head i'm not married to this i want to see where it goes but like one really good scenario could be, yeah, this is one trying to, like, suck up to Americans and suck up to fans. And then, oh, wait, one day, like, he gets his money back. And then he immediately just, just you know, turns it all back around. And, you know, I I was conning you, you know, while I was down on my luck. Something like hey. that. Uh, I, I could definitely get behind that. Um, see, but I, I don't think, know. We'll uh, see. I definitely think uh, in the possibility, in the cards – could be that this is all just a gigantic ploy to once again get one over on Dasher Hatfield. Could you mm. imagine if he sees Dasher Hatfield being Chikara Grand Champion, interim or not, uh, feels maybe he's going to keep that title for a long time, especially after the events of uh, the end of last season. He goes, you know what? I could replace him as the top Technico of Chikara or one of the top Technicos of Chikara, do his work better than him and potentially take the title off of him with the fans chanting for me, just to say, just to say once again that I am better than Dasher Hatfield. Could you imagine that happening? Could you imagine the reaction to that? That would be, like, the perfect way to just sell how horribly despicable a man like Juan Francisco de Coronado is. So I'm, I've been thinking about this for, you know, since this sort of happened and I don't know, that could be something really, really, uh, I, I think there's a lot of potential in that. We'll have to see where it goes. I'm not saying that that's, that that's where it's going to go, even that that's necessarily the ideal place for it to go. But could you imagine, could you imagine if this is also big convoluted plot by Juan Francisco de Coronado to once again, in his mind, be better than Dasher Hatfield. It would be perfect. It would make a lot of sense. It would follow a lot of continuity. It could be good. I'm just, that's, I'm, that's all I'm saying. This is an idea, and it could be really, really good. Perhaps so. I don't know. I'm not as uh, enthralled by that idea as you maybe are. Um, and one, one is obsessed, you know, with one thing, and that's that's himself historically. I don't know if he's obsessed with Dasher to the extent that he would do all of this just for that reason. And if if he would, and if they're going to play it straightforward, there's a lot of legwork to be done, because even if he is becoming a good guy, he's going to have to do a lot to actually deserve that spot, to deserve mm -hmm. to have anyone on the roster actually like him or trust him. You know, this is a guy who is basically... He even alienated, like, all the other heels on the roster. Like, he was the most unlikable person that you could meet. So, so a lot of legwork, just, just, I just don't want to see, uh, you know, kind of an EC3 face turn where he's like, well, one bad thing happened to me and now I am a good guy and everyone likes me and I like reset my whole character. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't really think it'll be that, but I don't know what it'll be. It's really hard to judge off of this segment. So we'll have to see. Indeed. Indeed. 
All right, cool. We move along with the show. Go back to the uh, wrestling. Next up, we have Still Life with Apricots and Pears taking on Carlos Romo for uh, the Chikara Young Lions Cup Championship. Um, I got to say, I am continually impressed more and more by Still Life, by their sense of uh, strategy, uh, their ability to work holds and uh, kind of wrestle in a really logical way. I think uh, they're growing really fast as a performer, and it's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the whole match, it, it, it wasn't like an amazing match, but it was like a really, really rock-solid match, I thought. Uh, I really like the finish. Carlos Romo goes, like, it seems like he's going to have the win. He's got it kind of put away, but then he goes up, he's going to do a moonsault, and he misses it, and uh, it injures his leg, which was already a bit shaky, and Still Life goes after it, puts him in a submission, and Carlos Romo doesn't tap out right away. It's like a struggle. He has to fight for it, but Still Life keeps, like, working on the submission. He works on it harder and harder, and Romo just can't get away, and he has to tap out. And you don't, you don't see that a lot. A lot of times you see either the quick tap out or, like, the crawl to the ropes, and not not really the the slow tap out, I'll say, where you're going to fight and fight and you just eventually you realize I just can't get out of this and the pain gets too much. So it was really, it was unique. I, uh, I thought this was very solid stuff. Unique. Very much like uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears in <laughs> general. Um, I really appreciated this match. I definitely want to see Carlos Romo more. Um, I don't think this was necessarily the... 100% best way to kind of showcase him. But it was, as you said, a very solid match and a really smartly put together match. I Like you, I really enjoyed the fact that this was not a quick and immediate tap out. This is something uh, Still Life had to earn with that uh, final submission hole, taking advantage of some uh, tweaking of the knee that Carlos Romo had early on in the match and continuing to focus on that, uh, taking advantage of a... Uh, Missed move to apply that hold, and yeah, just that sort of long, strenuous uh, effort before the tap-out, something you don't often see. So, altogether, I thought this was, once again, a very smart match. Maybe not some sort of, you know, five-star showcase, maybe not, you know, a a Dark Horse match of the year candidate or anything, but a very smartly put-together match really showed off a lot of what uh, makes Still Life with Apricots and Pears dangerous, and really a good defense overall for the current reigning Young Lions Cup champion. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I uh, enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, our next match is one that I was looking forward to and didn't exactly get what I thought I might get. Um, it is Princess Kimberly taking on her tag team partner, her tag team championship partner, in fact, The Whisper, uh, who comes out holding both tag team titles since this team has not gotten along from the get-go. Uh, really, as she comes into the ring... Kimberly grabs the Whisper, starts German suplexing him, and basically never stops until the match is won. Um, so, mixed feelings. One, I actually think it's cool to have a blowout every once in a while, and uh, I love Kimberly, and I actually really like the Whisper too. Um, and I guess that last part is really my biggest beef with this, is uh, if it was more of a one-off, it would be one thing, but I feel like the Whisper can't get me dang respect, like, in in a long time, despite being tag team champion. Uh, I don't know. It just seems really easy to beat the Whisper right now, and that mm-hmm. that's not great, because I, re- I like the Whisper. I think he's got a lot of potential. So like some things about this, not so much others, but uh, I definitely get what they were going for. I had, I had a fun time with this match, mostly because uh, uh, she just kept 
German suplexing him, and commentary kept losing their mind over it. It was great. Um, even also loved uh, w- the Whisper finally hitting his own German suplex to really make Kimberly mad. Um, also a good little bit there. So, so the match itself, the actual event and happening of the action in the ring, I thought was uh, a fun time. However, yeah, um, I don't know how the Whisper ever picks up a victory, actually. It, it, in fact, he only picks them up by accident <laughs> half the time now. Exactly. So, yeah, it's not great for a character that was built up at least at one point as potentially being one of the uh, the sort of bigger characters, the bigger potential uh, villains of Chikara. There was a point in time in which that looked very much like, you know, what was happening. And now he doesn't win. And when he does, it seems very... Fluky. It's aided by uh, somebody else majorly, and not in a sort of like, you know, haha, I've got a heel with a, uh, you know, backup bodyguard person, uh, partner, whatever. It just, yeah, Kimberly actually does most of the heavy lifting, and I sometimes pick up a pinfall because of it. It's not, it's not a great look for the Whisper. Um, I don't think I'm quite as high on the character as you are, but like, I enjoy the guy. He's a lot of fun. Um, he's got a lot of intrigue to him, and that's something you should be kind of working with, and I feel like they just haven't over the past maybe year or so, and it's very uh, it's very disappointing, and this is just a sort of continuation of that. So we'll have to see uh, where this goes, what actually happens now for the, uh, the reigning champions, the reigning campeones, and uh, how this is going to translate beyond this show, because... Right now, I don't know um, if they can even continue being a tag team champion after this, basically. So, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, get those tag titles off them. That's all I want to say. Your best tag team, your tag team champions, they shouldn't be unable to wrestle together. You know, it just, uh, let's get away. It's a bit of a trope. It's not my favorite. Let's let's move on. Um mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, we get to move on to a match that I was definitely really looking forward to, a match that I loved over King of Trio's weekend. Here it is happening again. Fist versus the Colony, uh, continuously happening this feud just forever for, for 10, 12, 15 years, however long it could possibly go on. Uh, Fire Ant, Green Ant, and T-Fan taking on Travis Huckabee, Icarus, and Tony Deppin. Uh, we get the match started by Icarus. Doing the soldier ant salute because he's just, he's the worst man alive again. And, uh, yeah, this is a super fun match. Definitely one of my favorites on the card. Maybe, maybe my actual favorite on the card. Um, all things considered. I don't know. There were some very close contenders, but, uh, Tony Deppin continued to establish himself as just a really entertaining wild man. Does a ludicrous dive in this match. Uh, get everybody in there really just doing a bunch of, of really fun, really cool stuff, including the ending, which is Travis Huckabee getting the tap out on Green Ant with a grapevine stretch muffler, which is something I don't recall ever seeing before. So super cool. Everyone came out looking great. Had a great match, and this feud is really, uh, it's just, it started all over again, and I think that's really awesome. This match was fantastic. Uh, definitely the uh, highlight standouts being uh, Travis Huckabee and Green Ant, I thought. Um, though good work, as always, by uh, Fire Ant, by Icarus, by Tony Deppin, Thief Ant even contributing in there. Um, really just just a great match. A spectacular trios 
bout between all of these dudes, Fist and the Colony, just just a rivalry eternal, and it is always just just so good. Love Travis in this match. Love Green Ant in this match. Um, the finish, not just a grapevine uh, stretch muffler, but like a grapevine double stretch muffler. He had like the other leg hooked as well. Proceeds to put in the uh, the 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 body scissor. And just really just pulls away at Pora Green Ant, who throughout this entire match was constantly trying to go for the Chikara special. Sometimes he could get it in, sometimes he couldn't, but he just kept kept trying, kept trying to get it in. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Ultimately, as he went to do it this time, uh, got turned into that uh, stretch muffler, and Travis picks up a nasty, vicious submission victory. Travis looks great. Um, fist, the, uh, fist boys of Travis and Tony Deppin looking particularly good going into, uh, their, f- uh, tag title bout, uh, also happening this past weekend. Don't know how that turned out, but, uh, that should be good. Uh, Tony Deppin and Travis Huckabee really have come a, uh, uh, Deppin in particular, I think has come a very long way into, uh, turning himself into just a, a workhorse of a, uh, character, Four fist. Travis Huckabee always been really good and just continues to get even, even better. So, yeah, good showcase for everybody involved. Love fist, love colony, love this match in particular. Yep, yep. One of the best uh, on the card, as I said. That was really great. Um, next, uh, before our main event match, we are going to learn who the new director of fun will be. I am going to fight every member of Chikara who cleared this, by the way. I am so angry. So uh, angry. For, for, for the tease or the reveal or, or which or both? The, the combination. The combination. <laughs> well, then why don't you go ahead and tell us all what uh, has enraged you so? All right. So it, it starts off with Bryce coming out to the ring and thanking everybody for uh, coming out to support Chikara, the collective independent wrestling. And he uh, sort of summarizes the events of him stepping down from the director of fun position, but says that he he doesn't know who this is. But right now we are going to learn who the new director of fun for Chikara is. Sound the mic. Everything goes silent. And then suddenly smooth sailing starts echoing throughout the arena as the theme song of Ashley Remington, smooth sailing Ashley Remington, starts playing through uh, the White Eagle Hall. It was Everybody is excited. Everybody's having a good time. I remember watching this in a chat with some buddies, and all of us are all losing our minds and really happy. Oh, my God. Ashley Remington is returned to Chikar, and he's going to be the director of fun. And who should walk through that curtain? But... Uh, Sydney Bacabella walking through to chorus of booze. Bryce Rimsburg is completely baffled and upset. Bryce uh, eventually gets hugged by Sydney Bacabella, who uh, once eventually reveals himself to be the director of Fun. Um, he talked to a whole bunch of uh, former presidents and company runners who told him he had to take this position, so he did. And you can't spell fun without Sidney Bacabella, and you can take that to the pay window. This is first off. I want to say this is actually, I think, a really cool thing. Sidney Bacabella being the director of fun. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be it's going to make for some interesting situations and scenarios for Chikara in the uh, future. I've already seen him and a Razor Hawk having a very bad time on Twitter with one another. It's great. Um, however, how dare you? 
how <laughs> dare you play and tease me like that? You have no idea how badly I would love and appreciate good old Ashley Remington coming back to Chikara and, you know, as the idea of him being the director of fun, he doesn't even have to be at every show. He can just show up every once in a while. It would be perfect if Dalton Castle's got a few dates open every once every like, you know, once every other month for a weekend. Like that would be great, It'd be fantastic if you can make that happen. Do it. Fortunately, it's not what happened, and I am going to be salty about it for the rest of time. How <laughs> dare you, Chikara? I am mad. I'm not really mad. But uh, it, was, was, it was a very good tease. It was a very good tease. Uh, I, I was perhaps less trolled. I, I did not expect Ashley Remington to come back. And I love Cindy Bacabella dearly. But I certainly uh, take your point. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think we've got a, uh, a heel in the director of fun role since, um, oh, who's the Ch- Chikara Metrics guy? Wink Vavasur, I believe. Yes. yes. So, so quite a while back. Um I wonder if Robbie Ellis is still like the owner in the storyline. Also, he might I wonder be. if he's I have alive. No idea. I don't know. I hope he is. Love Robbie Ellis. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Um, we we will we will have to see what could possibly come of this. Um, it should be interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, we do of course have our main event. One of the only ladder matches in Chikara history for the Grand Championship. To decide between the uh, interim and the true grand champion of Chikara. It is uh, a family battle. It is former partners. It is all the emotion and all sorts of things wrapped up for years between these two. It is Mr. Touchdown, Marge Angelicetti, and Dasher Hatfield going one-on-one. And uh, I gotta say, love the history of this. Love the story of this. Love Dasher Going after that injured leg of Mr. Touchdown, that leg which put him on the shelf in the first place. Loved some of that creative stuff they did with the ladders. Loved uh, Dasher pulling out that infamous uh, elbow pad that had such great importance in their story. The only thing that I could speak against this match is for some reason, they got to run around throwing some nasty-looking headbutts in there. And I'll just say it again. Headbutts are not cool. They're freaky in a post-Shibata world, and they take me out of the match a little bit every time. So please just be careful, and please just believe that you're a good enough wrestler not to need headbutts, because most of you are. Uh, That's really the only thing I could nitpick about the match, because everything else I thought was really spectacular. This this one really delivered. I genuinely, once again, I say it, just just gonna keep repeating it until somebody catches on. Stop doing headbutts. Please, for the love of God. No skull on skull. We're begging you. We're begging you dearly. Please, just don't do it. However, other than that, this match is, I think, genuinely one of my favorite matches from the year <laughs> thus far. And to me, the sequence that really put this match over the top. There was a lot of things in this match. There was Dasher's constant work on Mr. Touchdown's leg, you know, <laughs> slamming him into the uh, apron with a sort of grand slam style move, you know, legs first into the apron, uh, hitting the shin buster on the uh, propped up uh, ladder was particularly nasty. And especially like hooking his leg with a chair as Mr. Touchdown was climbing the ropes, literally pilmanizing his leg while he was climbing a ladder. You don't see that 
ever. That was cool as heck. Mm. Um, but the spot in this match that really put it over the top for me, I got to see it when it was happening, um, and I got to see it again here, was when they somehow like wedged the ladders mm-hmm. up between the ropes, and both guys just start running one another into the ladders back and forth. Like, in the moment it was cool, uh, the fans were super into it, uh, I thought it was just a really awesome sequence in particular, just really great visually. In the end, uh, ta- uh, Touchdown actually gets the better of that whole exchange and, like, hip-tosses him into the ropes or hip-tosses him into the ladder and lands back first. Just just great all-around stuff. Um, this match, super emotional, super great. You got a lot of shots of uh, Boomer Hatfield in the audience, you know, trying to watch on. Um, you know, a lot of good callbacks. The, you know, elbow pad became a factor again. Um, just, just, I enjoyed the heck out of this match. It was a, uh, a, a tremendous affair. Just, just a very emotional match, a very, you know, like, tough, physical, um, kind of violent match for a Chikara, uh, about. You know, you kind of have to take it another level when you've got not only the grand championship on the line between these two in particular, but also the third ever ladder match in Chikara history on WrestleMania weekend, nonetheless. And I think they really delivered on that front, taking this match to the next level. Definitely right now sitting as one of my favorite matches of the year. This is a good one. Please go watch this, not just uh, this match in particular, but the whole Once once Upon a Beginning show. Just tremendous work, capped off by uh, one of my favorite matches of the year with uh, Dasher Hatfield, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to feel about it, retaining the Grand Championship, proving himself to be the undisputed Grand Champion of Chikara going forward. Uh, slightly heartbreaking, but also just um, just another step of greatness for a, uh, a Rudo now, unabashedly, in, uh, in Dasher Hatfield, who has just been tremendous, both as a face and now as a heel, as a Rudo. Just, just great work, great match, great event, Great showing for Chikara here on WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very strong show overall. I, I was very pleased with how it all came together. And yeah, I can't uh, can't question your choices. This is one of your favorite matches of the year. I think it's definitely up there, especially that ending, that power bomb through the through the ladder, just crushing him right through it. Dasher sending touchdown down that way, taking that championship. And yeah, now for real. After so long looking after it, so long chasing after it, oh, Dasher Hatfield, the true champion of Chikara. It's really by simple. hook or by crook, the true genuine article now as grand champion of Chikara. Mm, yeah. Well, he deserves it for his hard work, although uh, he took a, a, a nefarious path to get there. Oh, it didn't have to be this way, Dasher, but... Uh, here we are. What can we do? Great show. Indeed. Great show. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Second show we're going to cover, as I mentioned, is Joey Janela's Spring Break 3 Part 1. Uh, don't think we're going to cover Part 2. Just didn't quite look as appealing to me, but uh, should be some very fun stuff on this show, including, I don't know who this kid is at the beginning. She's a very cute kid, and apparently she's a huge fan of Nick Gage, which seems like it shouldn't all go together. I don't know what kind of parenting is happening in this household, but I uh, I can't blame this kid for enthusiasm. She's very cute. She's very into Nick Gage, and she welcomes us to the show. 
indeed. Um, I have no idea whose kid this was. I kind of thought it was Nick Cage, Nick Cage's kid, but could, I could may be well wrong. Been, although I'm a little afraid to think Nick Cage has a kid, so. I I don't know, but um, yeah, she was very adorable, screaming about Nick Cage and Hate Club and Murder, Death, Kill. It was very uh, very jarring, very confusing, but also very, very good. So that's uh, how Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 3 begins, and honestly, that's, uh, I'd say, pretty fitting, all things considered. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we come out to our first uh, match. We've got Joey Janela, the man himself, in the ring, and who should confront him but... Uh, the dramatically returning Marco Stunt. I think both of these people actually returning to the ring in this match after suffering uh, various injuries last year. Um, we haven't covered much, I think, of, of Marco Stunt, this uh, little man who who bumps around and uh, and, and almost dies so frequently. Um, but uh, Janelle and Stunt, they get their match on here. They do some very fun stuff, crowd serving while chopping each other, um, and it's a really hot crowd reactions, uh, Marco getting busted open at one point, bleeding all over the place, uh, you get a lot of nutty moves, a lot of big kickouts, uh, I don't know, I, this wasn't the, the greatest match necessarily, just because this isn't necessarily my style, but I did think there was a lot of fun stuff in here, so, I don't know, what did you think of this one? This was, I thought, a pretty, uh... A, a definitely a good way to kick off this show match-wise. Mm. Um, not necessarily kind of like you, not necessarily my style, but it was a very high-energy match. The crowd was very much into it. Um, Joey Janela and Marco Stunt, I think, definitely tried exceptionally hard in this match, really brought it here. Um, yeah, this was just, you know, a, a sort of good way to get everybody conditioned for what to expect from the rest of... Uh, the card you had a Marco stunt at one point doing like a uh, well at one point you had it look like uh, Joey Janelle was going to hit like a avalanche package pile driver to the outside which was a uh, horrifying prospect all things considered <laughs> if I'm being honest um, it eventually gets turned into a uh, a particularly nasty uh, Marco stunt eventually fights his way out and hits a uh, with a uh, Janelle on the apron. Proceeds to try to do a uh, a Frankensteiner, almost a Spike Frankensteiner, from the top rope onto the uh, ring apron where uh, Janela was standing, and it uh, did not go particularly well for either person. Uh, very a uh, scary moment um, in a little bit of a uh, sort of very sharp contrast to the two of them crowd surfing and chopping one another in terms of uh, things happening outside of the ring being, uh, you know, one is a nice sort of cool fun. Event happening, the other thing is a very violent, scary, oh my god, I think both of these men are dead sort of thing. But uh, <laughs> in the end, uh, I was actually kind of taken by surprise as Marco Stunt pulls off a uh, a quick uh, roll-up victory right towards the end after Janelle does not like the account on one of his pins. Uh, Marco Stunt rolls him up and secures himself the victory. Um, definitely a good opening match, not always necessarily my uh, cup of tea, the sort of style they worked here, but... It was a lot of fun. Uh, the fans loved it, and both guys uh, really, I think, brought their A game and their returns to the ring, trying to let everybody know that they uh, they were good to go. I especially liked uh, in the beginning of Joey Janelle just continuously running the ropes. Uh, what definitely <laughs> seemed to be a spot just kind of turned into Joey Janelle going, "Look, my leg is fine." So I enjoyed that uh, overall. Just just a good return to the ring for these two dudes and a uh, fun way to kick off the show. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um... 
Uh, I do want to speak out, though, on one other trope that uh, I think needs to die, and that is don't force your stinking mouth on the, the female valet, because uh, that's gross, and it's sexual assaulty, and it's not a good thing. And I know, grossly, you can still get a pop with it sometimes, but uh, not a fan of it. Did, did not need great. Penelope Ford, yeah, to get kind of... Uh, and I know, yes, they're just assaulting each other anyway, but one of these things is a lot more imitatable than the other. So I don't know. Maybe I'm oversensitive, but it's just uh, it's an off-putting uh, trope to me. So. Well, I certainly don't think so. It's just one of those tropes that's very uh, – it, it's it feels very outdated. It's just something that doesn't really need to happen. Um, it's just it's just not great anytime it does. So uh, if we can uh, kind of move on from that, that would be uh, that would be great, professional wrestling world. Yeah, that, that would be my ideal. So uh, we move on here. We see, once again, a man we've already praised once on the show, Tony Deppin. He comes out. He's very sour about not being on the card. So he decides to go around challenging people in the crowd to fight him. And who should take up this challenge, at least verbally? It's a dude in a wheelchair with no legs in the crowd. So what does Tony Deppin do? He attacks this guy. He drags him down to the ring, and he's going to beat him up. But... No Legs Guy, who is uh, known as Dustin Thomas, is freaking incredible. And if you haven't seen at least any uh, gifts of this guy, holy smokes, you really got to check this guy out. Because, uh, yeah, this is a guy with no legs, and he is an amazing, awesome, spectacular, jaw-dropping wrestler. He's doing 619s in there, he's bumping around, he's jumping, and oh my gosh. Like, and tornado DDTs Woo. and 450s. Yeah, jumping and... off the top all the way down to the floor. Huh. This, this um, I don't know if I can call it, uh, in some ways, it was like one of my favorite things on any of these shows, I think. It was just, man, very, very shocking, very visually striking, very satisfying, and very fun. <laughs> This is definitely this is another contender for favorite match of the year, but uh, for very uh, different reasons. It's just you don't see a man with no legs hitting a six one nine or a four fifty or doing dives off the top rope literally ever, except for this moment right here. Mm. And it was I, I I don't know Tony Deppin I think was one of the best uh, choices to kind of go through with this. Oh yeah, uh, Dustin Thomas. Uh, just immediately likable, immediately appreciable, just 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 great visually, just really an exciting thing. My jaw was on the floor like the whole time this happened. This was so, so fun, so exciting, so different, um, just, just genuinely like a absolute joy to watch. Really one of my favorite, I don't know if it's necessarily a straightforward match, I don't know what you want to call it, but... This rule, this was really good. I'm going to be talking about this for a long time. This was genuinely one of my favorite things that has happened this year. So good. So, so good. Very, very good. Tony Deppin does get the win, but really, just an incredible performance for Dustin Thomas. Uh, good on you. I hope this guy gets a bunch of bookings out of it because uh, he was super impressive. Uh, yeah, and if he wants them, I, I hope that they're out there for him. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we get another scramble match next on the card. I guess these are sort of a staple of some of these shows because we saw a few of them now. Just a lot of guys thrown in there to kind of do whatever it is that they can do. This one is A-Kid, Australian Suicide, Shane Mercer, Jungle Boy, Jake Atlas, and Slim J, who I believe is a name kind of from the past of independent wrestling. So a very eclectic group here. 
But uh, even though pretty much everyone did a good job in this, there's only one one guy coming out of this match for me that I don't think I'd ever seen before, and now I can't wait to see again. And that is Shane freaking Mercer, who beasted his way through this entire match, who is like press military pressing Jungle Boy and also like fighting off everyone else in the match. Uh, he's doing like top rope walks with a dude up on his shoulders. He's doing uh, moonsault power slams. Uh, Shane Mercer, frick, this guy was awesome. I, I, I'm very impressed by Shane Mercer. Everyone pretty much did a good job. But Shane Mercer, man, holy smokes, I, I had no idea. The Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, definitely the, uh, the highlight uh, discovery in this match for the both of us. I also thought uh, both Jake Adlis and uh, A-Kid looked particularly good as well when they got a chance to shine, but Shane Mercer lifted Jungle Boy up on his shoulders and started throwing choke slams, urinagis, clothesline, and back elbows to literally everybody else, and then eventually just launched Jungle Boy outward. It was great. Um, he did a rope walk with, I think, Jake Atlas uh, assisting him, basically. with uh, I don't remember who was on his shoulders, but he did it like a top rope, a Death Valley driver. He did a moonsault fallaway slam, moonsault a power slam, whatever it was. It was great. It was awesome. This dude ruled. Um, let him take more bookings anywhere. Let him do all of this stuff again because it was great. Um, in the end, Jungle Boy does pick up the victory after being a sort of a surprise additive to this match at the last second. I think this might have been. I Don't quote me on this. I cannot uh, recall if this is true or not, but I think this is the... Uh, I wish I could actually remember who his father was, but I think this was the Luke first Perry. match Jungle Boy has had. Uh, Luke Perry, that's right. The uh, first match he had after the passing of his father, I think. That's kind of right, what it felt which is, like. Uh, a significant thing, whether your father is famous or not, of course. So, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, so. good on him. Coming back, doing what he loves. Um, and, uh, of course, yeah, hearts still go out to him. I, I can't even imagine. Because um, man, he's he's a heck of a lot younger than me, and uh, you know I'm I'm very lucky to have my dad still around, hopefully for a long time still. So can't be easy. Uh, heart goes out mm-hmm. to him. He's he's definitely doing some cool things out there though. So yes. I, I got a lot of respect for that. Yes, indeed. Best of uh, luck to the Perry family, and uh, definitely uh, big ups for uh, Jungle Boy continuing to do his thing, continuing to ply his craft, and. Uh, yeah, just, just just big appreciation to uh, him and his family. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, we follow this up with one of the uh, weirder on-paper matches of the weekend, although I don't know if I can actually say that, looking at the rest of uh, this card <laughs> and some of the cards we've talked about. But uh, definitely a weird mix of styles. We have Shinjiro Otani making another appearance here, taking on Nick Gage in a death match for the GCW Championship. Um, this was weird, but fun. Uh, I thought it turned out pretty good. Highlight of the match has got to be, uh, Otani doing these, uh, repeated face wash kick spots, not only hitting Nick Gage, but also apparently hitting Nick Gage's second over and over again. And they kept propping the poor guy back up on the apron. He just kept catching that foot again and again. So that was... Um, it was it wasn't Nick Gage's second. It was Otani's second, Otani's own second? Oh my, I didn't even realize. Well, the moral of the story is don't be Otani's second, because he'll kick you to death for no reason. Then what? Why? Why did he? Why did he do it? I don't know, but uh, it was still a very fun sequence. Yes, indeed. This match overall very weird, 
very uh, good, I thought. A very enjoyable uh, bit of brawling here between these two dudes. Um, Nick Gage actually picking up the victory here with a bit of a uh, cheeky roll-up with the uh, tights being pulled, which was not exactly how I saw this match ending. Um, Yeah, just a very kind of a weird, almost surreal experience overall seeing uh, Otani share the ring with a dude like Nick Gage. But in the end, uh, Gage wins and uh, proceeds to cut a promo afterwards saying that, you know, he kind of grew up watching Shigeru Otani, was his favorite wrestler. Um, So the fact that he got a chance to wrestle him, be in the ring with him, was genuinely one of the happiest moments of his life. And he eventually gets a handshake from him. So, Overall, just, just kind of for that fact in and of itself, this was really cool to see. So, yeah, I uh, I appreciated this for what it was. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. What? Oh, my. Well, next we have the match that literally this is the reason that we are watching. Uh, Joey Janela's <laughs> Spring Bank 3 Part uh, 1. There are a lot of fun matches on this card. This match is the reason we are watching this. There is no doubt. We would not be watching it if this match had not been done. Uh, it is the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Stan. And this is everything that I had heard it was about just the amazing, wonderful, stupendous, blow-away, best-in-the-business talent of Bryce Remsburg, who referees a match between two Invisible Men, and it's the most over thing you've ever seen. Like, the crowd is just so unbelievably into it and he's just guiding this thing and directing them with just it's hard to even articulate what made this match so incredibly good but i can legitimately say i don't even know if you can call this a match properly but screw it this is one of my favorite matches of the year absolutely this was just such great work um by bryce rimsburg in of himself to sell this uh great work from the fans to just be so involved and enjoying this uh there were some wild things including apparently a uh a from the balcony to the floor spot where all the referees and um other associates for gcw all got wiped out leading to a uh holy poop chant uh uh for for this uh it was just wild um kikutaro shows up to help Invisible Man. Um, also completely unexpected. He just kind of rolled in the ring, threw a chair, hit a, a DDT, and uh, yelled at Bryce Rimsburg. It was great. Um, There's just a lot of things about this match, but nothing about this match, I think, more importantly than they had the doors set up in the corner at the beginning of this match. Nobody knew why. Um, and eventually, it turns out that uh, even with two Invisible Men... One of them can send the other through a table, through a door, as it collapses, uh, like you know, falls apart in like two pieces, and eventually, Invisible Man picks up the victory in genuinely, possibly one of the greatest spectacles in all of professional wrestling, literally ever. This was great. This was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was one heck of a time. Bryce Rimsburg has to be commended once again for being one of the best performers in the entire world of pro wrestling. Um, just just a tremendously fun, enjoyable, weird, wacky, wonderful uh, happening and event. Good, good, absolutely just memorable, wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. Great stuff indeed. As I said, one of my favorite 
matches of the year, if you can mm-hmm. even call it that. I don't know. But Bryce Redsburg, he's just... He's a, a true, he's a treasure. He's a treasure to all of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Um, love this, man. All right, so I think now we're at the point where your uh, stream was unable to continue for whatever reason. I gotta mm-hmm. say, I did have a few problems of my own with Fight TV watching this and uh, one or two of the other shows we've watched on there. So oh, no. Fight TV, great, great concept, great idea, but, you know, I, I was turned off of watching wrestling on Twitch for similar reasons, like... I don't know if it's a server thing or a service thing or something, but when all my other sites are working great and you're not working great, you know, something, something maybe needs to be done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Unless it's some Absolutely. terrible net neutrality thing and then something else needs to be done, but that's, that's another story. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we got our next match here, which is Orange Cassidy taking on Taka Michinoku. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's Orange Cassidy. How can you go wrong? And for that matter, you can't really go very wrong with Taka Michinoku either, who is one of my uh, old favorites. Um, I have a great match here. Orange Cassidy doing the shtick with his face, with his hands in his pockets. Um, probably nothing you haven't seen before from Orange Cassidy if you've seen him a number of times, but doesn't get old to me. Uh, really, really fun match. Uh, he loses this, sadly. The uh, independent wrestling champion losing. Always a sad thing, but still. Beautiful match. Another highlight of the card to me. Absolutely. Definitely want to see if I can't find some time to go back and watch this. Maybe Fight TV will be uh, more agreeable to me uh, on a different time because, I mean, it's Sakamichinoku and Orange Cassidy. Like, I really (laughs) desperately wanted to watch this match because that sounds like something that would be right up my alley and unfortunately could not get to it. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to. Hope against hope that uh, maybe Fight TV will be more agreeable uh, on a different day for me. Because this one, uh, once I saw who was coming out for this match, was definitely a highly anticipated one for me. And very sad I did not get to see it. Yeah, I hope you do get a chance to check it out because it was a lot of fun. It was uh, definitely a highlight to me of these shows. I'm a huge Orange Cassidy fan, so that that definitely helps a lot. Um, We follow this up with Ethan Page coming out. I don't know... uh, I haven't really followed it that closely, but I've seen uh, on Twitter and various places that somehow Ethan Page, he's gotten his soul uh, put on the line in these matches and these uh, situations with Joey Janela. So now he's got to defend his soul or regain his soul or I don't even know all the details, but uh, he's out with the microphone. He thinks this is all stupid. Uh, he, he berates the crowd. He berates everybody. He says he's going to get the, uh, the cluster muck canceled. I'm not going to swear because this is a Chikara show and we want uh, our friends to be able to listen to it in good conscience. But uh, all this stuff, um, Starman, whatever that is, a weird creature in a mask and a all flesh. Oh, Starman is actually from uh, <laughs> from the NES Nintendo uh, Pro Wrestling video game, actually, from all the way back. Starman was kind of like the protagonist or something, so... Uh, yeah, Starman is basically a video game character, and I think I've seen uh, some other people use the gimmick in real life as well. But, yeah. Well then, Starman I learned something up. new today. Uh, Starman, whatever he may be, he looks quite uh, like an abomination in life, I'll just say that, sneaks into the ring, pins Ethan Page in about three seconds, uh, and uh, reveals afterward that he is Joey Janela. Uh, hanger on, I, I don't even know what to describe him, but it's Virgil. Virgil has beaten Ethan <laughs> Page. Now Virgil 
owns the soul of Ethan Page. I don't know what... If Whatever Ethan... the hell that could possibly mean. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Ethan Page is first, is very irate about this, doesn't want to leave the ring, but I guess kind of thinks it over and uh, decides that... Not that he's okay with it exactly, but I don't know. He just kind of commits to being in the, the, the cluster mug tomorrow, and he's going to make it a crazy one, so... Uh, I don't know how, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, that was the story of Ethan Page losing his soul to Virgil. So that is a curiosity. Quite a uh, sentence when you say it out loud. (laughs) Oh boy. Indeed. Um, We finish up the show with the main event: Jimmy Lloyd taking on uh, Masashi Takeda in a death match. And I don't know. I've seen people. Who watch a lot of wrestling? Who watch as much wrestling as you and I? Tell tell the me that this that had the, the thing that happened. Oh God! Uh, the, what what thing are you thinking of? The the like scissors or the knife or whatever it was that got yes. like embedded. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm now very pleased. I kind of missed the rest of the show. If only for not having to see that in uh, real time. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, apparently some people truly love this match. They thought it was the best match maybe of the whole year. And that's that's great, I guess, if you're into this style. It's a big no for me. Uh, it's too much. It's very gruesome. It's very bloody. And it's very pointlessly so to me because there, there's, like, all these light tubes and they don't mean anything. Like they're literally saying, Hey, break this over my head. They're breaking it over their own heads. You know, they don't, they don't sell it. It doesn't do anything. It just seems painful. And I don't know. Yeah. Like they're stabbing each other and there's the bit with the, the scissors or whatever. They're doing headbutts and they're just no selling everything. And it, even in the midst of all of this, they're still doing like the other indie tropes that I don't like. They're doing like corny synchronized spots they're doing, like, kickouts at one. I don't know. It was, like, a big collection of stuff that I guess other people like, and I just I just didn't like any of it. I, I This was probably my least favorite match that I could have watched. It was nothing to me. It was an exercise in gruesome pointlessness and bad, tired tropes. So, yes, you were actually lucky to maybe avoid this one because I think we have similar tastes. So if you like the deathmatch stuff, if you like the super gruesome stuff if you want to see someone get scissored in the neck in a wrestling match then maybe this will be for you it definitely will if you like those exact things because that's what happens here but if you're like me probably not going to be a fan so this this one was a no for me but uh, that doesn't change the fact that it was a, a really fun show overall and i am really glad that we did check it out um I mean, yes, in general, from what I managed to watch, it was a very uh, good show, very enjoyable show. But, uh, yeah, I, I I find myself enjoying certain death matches. I enjoy myself, you know, enjoying blood and weaponry and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I happened to see a gif, like, basically a little bit after it happened, of the, like, Jimmy Lloyd gets a pair of scissors, like, stuck in his neck or his chest or whatever it was. That is at least ten bridges too far. That is not one single bridge too far for a wrestling match. That is multiple bridges too far, and I, ugh, I just I don't I don't like that. That seems unnecessarily dangerous. Very similar to skull on skull headbutts. Um, I know a lot of people like working death matches because even though there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of cuts, there's a lot of stuff like that. They're generally uh 
typically from what I've heard, I don't know how uh, valid this is, but uh, typically from what I've heard, they're actually genuinely a little bit safer in general because a lot of the injuries are, you know, surface level cuts and bleeding and stuff like that. And and that that that's fine. Ending up in a position where you can have a pair of scissors actually like genuinely stabbed into you Ugh. anywhere, potentially close to areas where that would be exceedingly dangerous and life threatening, is is not good. I'm sorry. It's just it's just not it's not for me. It's not my style. It's not what I enjoy. It's not what I think people should be doing. And I don't mind people who do deathmatch stuff. It's fine. If, you, if that's the style you want to work, that's the style that works for you. If you enjoy doing that, if you enjoy watching that, great. There's a lot of room in professional wrestling for a lot of things. And nobody should be told that, you know, the style you work or the style you wrestle is bad and it sucks or anything like that. No, no, no. That's fine. I like some death matches. I watched a few here and there. I remember watching uh, David Starr versus Joey Janela and really enjoying that. Seen a few here and there from other places that I enjoy. That's all fine. That's all good. That sort of thing, particularly that spot, is <sighs> it's a bit too gruesome for the sake of being gruesome. And I know it was probably more of an accident than an actual intentional, like, we meant to stab you genuinely with this thing. But still, that's something you got to kind of think about in those situations. Think about with those types of uh, weapons and props and spots and stuff like that. So, yeah, very glad I did not managed to get around to watching this match in particular. I do not uh, do not miss the fact that I, you know, missed the chance to see that before this uh show and and yeah, just 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 very pleased to have not had to uh witness that another time. <laughs> yes. Um I I don't think you would have liked it. I, I definitely do dig certain death matches. Um I think I don't know what sells it the most for me in a death match is uh I feel like you really have to make the death stuff, like, meaningful, like, impactful. I, I don't know if that's, like, pretentious or weird of me, but, like, I don't know. If it doesn't matter to you, why does it matter to me? You know, if you're in there and you're just breaking every light tube in the world across your own head and, you know, like, it doesn't matter to you clearly and you have a scissors in your neck and it's fine. It's just, like, you know, okay, like, that. I can't, I can't relate to that. I can't engage in that. It's just very strange to me, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, if you love this match, if you thought it was the match of the year, awesome. That's great for you. You're not alone. For me, yeah, like, I would very much avoid watching this match ever again in my life, so that's, that's just my preference. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, I think that covers everything that we wanted to touch on specifically today. My friend, anything you want to bring out here before we uh, kind of call it a day here? No, I, I think that's it. Uh, we did have that Chikara show that just happened this past weekend. I know Dragon Gate is gearing up for uh, Dead or Alive once again. In fact, it sounds like a couple of things have been happening in the uh, DG-verse that we'll try to catch up on when we can, if their uh, their uh, streaming service will allow us to do such a thing. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, there's kind of a lot of things going on. We have now a sort of past uh, WrestleMania week um, we're kind of moving on uh, in life, basically. You know, that's kind of in the rearview mirror. Some excellent shows, definitely a lot of stuff good and happening. So if you haven't seen anything from that, definitely uh, go watch the shows we watched. Go watch any of the other shows that happened during that weekend. But we're now sort of sailing on, past it into the rest of the world of professional wrestling. And uh, if it's anything like the way it was that weekend, it should be a fantastic good 
fun, exciting, and very unique and different year for pro wrestling. Indeed. I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun stuff to cover. So we'll bring a lot to you next week, no doubt, no matter what it is. Thanks for joining us. If you want to shout us out, we're on Twitter. I'm at Spectral Gent. He's at Big Def Energy, B-I-G-D-E-F Energy. Check us out. Give us a follow. Give us a shout. Also, check out the other great programs on LOP Radio and wherever they may end up going uh, in some few weeks, in a month or so, when we figure out what the heck is going on with our little network. It's going to be great, so follow us along. Also, lordsofpain.net and lopforums.com for a lot of great written material. Please do check it out. Join the conversation. That is everything. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, that's all for this week. Until next week, we have been the global revolution. S-